Where's my mother? Tell her what you're talking about. I came here with three people. Have you seen anyone else? The keys. Don't give him the keys until we know. We know. She's not with him. She's gone. Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kim. Stuart. I'm Scott. And we are going to be covering Fear the Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 10, Do Not Disturb. <laughs> Do you not disturb? Is that a question? Do not disturb, Kim. My mind went totally blank. Well, <laughs> folks, that's a great start to our show, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> all right shall we roll into this roll into something different yes so hey we forgot to and um talk about something last week and that is that we just celebrated our first birthday as a podcast I think we were, yeah i think we were too tired <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did a one full year and we didn't even know it yeah 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 so august 21st 2015 was when Fear the Walking Dead debuted, and so did we. Yeah, that's true. You know, actually, there was a um, a Twitter follower, Anne Frank on Crank, that Mm -hmm. actually was talking about what we were uh, discussing shortly, briefly, last week, which was, um, you know, what episode are we going to hit the end of Fear on and start the new uh, The Walking Dead? Oh, yeah. And I was actually thinking about that means with five episodes left, we're on 44, so that puts us at 49 for the end of Fear. <gasps> and then the Walking Dead premiere is going to be 50. No. Seriously? Yeah. How cool is that? I'm just amazed Stu can do the math. Okay. I am too. Thanks. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for giving me the credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took me a week. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... What what has been your favorite part about doing this podcast for the past year? Um, I think hanging with you guys. Oh, I mean, we that's didn't so get. Sweet. This is like a regular gig for us, actually getting to talk every week. And, I know. Uh, so that's that's awfully that's awfully cool, and and you know, just learning how to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this was we were all novices on this. Well, we still are, um, but <laughs> yes. it was uh it was pretty cool. To uh, learn how one of these things works. Yeah. I'm having fun doing that too. And um, learning the ins and outs of podcasting and the technology part of it. And something that I never was interested in before. But I think I really like just interacting with the fans. And mm-hmm. hopefully we can do a fan meetup maybe at Walker Stalker and actually meet some of you face to face. But it's been fun to just email with people and do the Twitter stuff and been cool yeah and to know that people are actually listening (laughs) yeah no i think that's That's one of the most rewarding things for sure is just getting some feedback and people responding to some of our comments that we make during the show and and uh like just getting that tangible um understanding that people actually care what the hell we have to say yeah yeah Yeah, well actually (laughs) we we really don't know that either so no but yeah at least they put up with us (laughs) exactly but it is nice getting to spend some time with you guys, too. And 
this is something that I didn't think that Stuart would ever be interested in doing. And he's learned how to do the editing and the producing. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah, because we sure as shit can't. No, we can't. Well, we could if we wanted to, but we don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the mule. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) These are techie. On that note, what you drinking, Scott? I am drinking a beer from uh, D9 Brewing out of... um, Cornelius, North Carolina, and it's called Swell Rider. It's a tangerine session IPA, and it is actually delicious. It's not too it's sweet? really good. No, it's not sweet at all. It's actually very dry. Huh. Even though it has a tangerine flavor to it, it's still a very dry beer. Interesting. It's really good. Where's Cornelius? Um, it's in North Carolina somewhere. <laughs> Thanks for that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. It's actually not too far from Charlotte, I don't believe, but okay. uh, I, I, I've never been there. So you obviously picked that up at the grocery store. No, <laughs> I picked it up in a field. Well, you didn't go to the brewery. <laughs> no, I did not go to the brewery. Jeez, jackass. Oh, yeah. God. I got it rolling. Swell rider. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I'm drinking just a run-of-the-mill grocery store type of beer. But it's actually a really good beer. It's the Yingling Oktoberfest. I'm like all over the Oktoberfest beers right now. But you know, it's only September, right? You know what? In my book, as soon as September Mm -hmm. 1st hits, it's October. Even if it's 92, 93 degrees? Yeah, but it was 68 degrees this morning. I had to wear long sleeves. 93 tomorrow. I know, that's all right, though. Um, but it's officially Halloween season in my book. All right. All right. Especially I'll now. Give you a, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a ride on that one. Yeah. I'll let it go. Okay. Swell ride. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I like drinking the Oktoberfest, too. It's good. It's darker than I would think, like, an Oktoberfest beer would be. But Well, Oktoberfest beers are Maritzen beers, I think they're pronounced, uh, German beers. And they're actually actually a little bit heavier. Are they generally dark? Yeah, it's yeah. more of a caramel type beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's why I don't make beer. Mm. <laughs> that is a good point because if you called that something, yeah, we'd probably like call beer. this like uh, I don't know, July Fest. July okay. Fest. See, July Mine Fest is, is like um, uh, lining no, Kugel, no, no. summer yeah, no, shandy. This is actually, more like December Fest. Mm-hmm. I did try another uh, another beer by this D9 Brewing Company that I, I can't remember what the title of it. It's like Hunka Galunka or something like that. Um, but it was a tropical IPA. Never heard of that. With pineapple? It was, yeah, a little bit of pineapple, mm-hmm. some other flavors, and it's really good. That's like the one that I had recently. The um, Going Coastal. Yeah, Going Coastal. Yes, right. Really good stuff. Yep. Just, uh, yeah, because they're not too sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's a better name than Scott's. I don't remember. Yeah, well, it was it was actually called Hunka Kalunka or something like some it South like Pacific a name. Beer. Exactly. Isn't that what um, Gunga? Oh, that Gunga. From, yeah, I was going to say, isn't that Caddyshack? Yeah. <laughs> Gunga. Gunga. When, you, Gunga. when you finally die, you will reach total consciousness. <laughs> and I got that going for me. <laughs> uh, that's good. The Dalai Lama. He's a big hitter. <laughs> Are we ready to start talking about the episode? Okay. All right. So, Fear the Walking Dead, episode 10. 
Do Wait. not disturb. Do not disturb. Yes, sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you not disturb? Kim, you want to roll out your th- overall thinking on the show? Yeah. So this being, what, the third episode that we've seen for the second half of the season, right? Yep. Yep. So much better than those first episodes. Jeez. Um, it's, it's still dragged a little bit, and... God, if Chris does not drive me absolutely insane, because I want to just bitch slap the shit out of him. But, um, (laughs) seriously. But, yeah, this one was so much better than the other two episodes that we've already seen. And I really liked the whole Alicia storyline. I thought that she really, she's really, um, becoming like the badass Alicia that we've been kind of needing She's mm-hmm. kind of stepping up to the plate and taking over that leadership. Well, not leadership role, but, you know, she's not a, she's not afraid to do stuff like some of these wankers are. So, yeah, she's become very aggressive. Yeah, she has. And it, and, and I think that taking that's, care of herself. that's really helping these episodes a lot. And if they can continue that with some more of the characters then they might actually save themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. She, yeah, she's become like surprisingly interesting all of a sudden. Yeah, I remember how much we hated her at the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Well, because she was just like Chris. She was just a whiny butt at yeah. the beginning too. Yeah. Right. So yeah, but really she was even episode. she was even less useful than Nick. Well, I mean, yeah. I shouldn't say Nick was very useful, but but she was kind of like the anti Nick. She seemed like she was right. more yeah. of a goody two shoes at the start, um, and more pissed off at him for his actions. But I thought this one was good. Uh, there was a lot of action. Uh, then the scenes with Travis and uh, Travis and son uh, weren't too bad because I was kind of I was actually kind of not wanting to see much of that. Um, but the stuff in the hotel, the scenes in the hotel were awesome. Uh, I think that balcony scene was really intense. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were a lot of good, intense, intense scenes and throughout the whole thing, uh, which I think is, is what you know carried it more in those first two episodes. Um, but, yeah, I think it was it was definitely a good turn. I thought, you know, I, I thought the hotel stuff was okay. I thought it was good. Um, uh, Travis and Chris thing, though. Ugh. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that just bogged down the show. So, what was your um, overall impression? Then? Don't give me, don't get me wrong, though. I, I actually kind of like the. Uh, I, I still can't decide if they're frat boys or a boy band. Um, <laughs> the three American they're guys. Spring breakers. They're spring breakers. The bro um, Yeah. I thought their introduction was actually very interesting, um, but uh, you know, Chris and his and his dad and their dilemma. Uh, ugh, bear me. Um, neither character is doing a whole lot for me right now. Um, but the, the Alicia stuff and so forth in the hotel that was pretty good. I thought the the opening with the uh, with the uh, the wedding yeah, and so that forth was, awesome. was great. I thought it was a great way to introduce the the char- character of Elena, even though. You know, the way this show's been going, I don't have any faith that Elena's going to be around any long, very long, but right. still, it was a good way of introducing her. Um, overall, I mean, to me, it was, it was okay. I mean, it was, it wasn't great. I'm, I'm starting to get a little down on the, uh, the whole Mexico thing in general, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll talk more about that later, but right now, you know, it was okay. It was okay. I thought it was better than last week's. Well, good. So maybe they're improving. Yeah. And by the end of this season, it'll be a mediocre show. 
I'm just still <laughs> trying to really like these characters. Same yeah. here. Well, see, you know what? You know, I like I'm, Travis. I like Travis. I want to like Travis. I want to like Travis, too. But, but I really don't like Chris. No. no. And so it's like every time I see Travis, I'm like, ah, there comes Chris. Great. I don't like, I don't like Madison. I don't like no, Madison either. I'm not either. big on Maddie either. I mean, no. I liked her at the beginning, and I still kind of think that she's a bit of a badass, but her just monotone, no emotion, just yeah. personality is just bleh. And I do think I do think Alicia's uh, part has gotten better, but I'm still not that big into that character. And, oh, Ophelia's gone. Does anyone care? <laughs> <laughs> well, Alicia's still looking for her. I know, but Jesus, man. I was thinking about it later as I was watching the show. I was like, oh, yeah, Ophelia's not around anymore. Eh, who cares? I know. It really hasn't made that much of an impact, has it? No, not at all. No. Not and all. I don't think that it will. I think if she never came back, we'd probably get a couple more you know, of our shows down and someone would finally say, hey, I wonder what ever happened to <laughs> Ophelia. I was going to say, someone's going to just have to point it out. <laughs> like you know, Ophelia's gone. Anybody recognize that Ophelia? Oh yeah, gone? I forgot about her. Yeah, I wonder what happened to her. <laughs> she was in the hotel, wasn't she? So let's jump into the episode itself. Then, what did you guys think about the wedding day flashback? I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was very cool. I liked the i I liked the um the way you saw the parents starting to panic a little bit. Mm when they were getting reports of what was going on on the border. Right. And while the whole celebration was going on, they were they were talking about getting the hell out of there. But they're almost keeping it a little hush-hush because they didn't want to like disturb the wedding celebration as well. Yeah. yeah. They were going to do the dances and then hit the road. But I was a bit confused about that. Like, did they know this information beforehand and were discussing it during the wedding? Or did they have like a radio strapped to their ears? That were I think hidden? they had just heard it. I think they had just heard it because they showed they showed them actually originally you know being happy in in the thing and then when they had the uh, the dance of the bride and groom mm-hmm. the that's when they showed the bride look over to them and they were both talking quietly over the table earnestly mm-hmm. so evidently they had gotten a message hmm. and that's when and that's when um, you know the mother said to Elena that. Uh, we need to, you know, we need to do this dance and then we need to wrap it up and get everybody out of here. And Elena was like, well, we're safe in here. And she's like, no, but the border's closing. Yeah. And evidently they had more information because, you know, even Elena said, well, there's, you know, that's all a bunch of rumors. And the mother said, no, no, we have, we have we uh, know people. Better, better sources. Yeah. We know people. So they knew stuff was coming down and they were, they were getting ready to hightail it out of there. Mm-hmm. And then Pops had a heart attack. Yeah. I know. I mean, you could have seen that coming from a mile away. But yeah. nonetheless, I actually like the way that they made that happen. Like, I say that you can see it coming, but that's just being a, a viewer from the outside. Like, in the heat of the moment, that was, like, really intense. This, the fact uh-huh. that she's giving him CPR and then all of a sudden he bites her cheek off. He changed yeah. fast. I loved all their faces when they first heard the growl. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you just heard this growl. You didn't even see him bite her yet. No. And everybody kind of jumped up like, what the hell? Yeah. And she's just kind of, her face is attached to him. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. And I think, I, I could be wrong, but I thought I read or something that that is actually, the, the bride was Sissy Spacek's daughter. daughter. Yep. Yeah. I heard okay. that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the hotel manager, Elena, was in the right to lock everybody inside? Or did she go overboard? I don't know. I question that. That's, um, I mean, she explained it later on that, you know, they were at capacity. So there were tons of people there. Um, so yeah, in a way, but at the same time, you're talking about some, somebody that's like eating people. So (laughs) like locking the door at that point, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it almost, no, I don't think it was, it was, it was appropriate because I mean, unless she knew a lot more information about this, this disease that was going around because, you know, just because you saw someone die and bite somebody else. It doesn't mean that everybody in the room is going to become infected, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, you know, that's a pretty that's a pretty uh, big assumption to say that you know we're going to stop it at the door because everybody and everybody's in there. You know, she how would she know this stuff's even spreading? You know. Well, it's like what I told Stuart when all that happened. If she's been in the room with them and she's touched both the the mom of the bride and she's touched some of the other people around the room. She's also been exposed to whatever it is that these people have supposedly gotten if she thinks it's airborne, mm-hmm. you know? So she's locking all these people in there, but she and Hector are getting out, and they are roaming the hotel still. And they are... I just don't understand why she would assume it's even a disease. I mean, all she saw was the father die and attack the daughter. Well, because there's all these other rumors that are going on. Sure. There's been other reports about people doing the same thing. So she knows there's an illness out there, but she's just trying to calm the people down, the mother of the bride down and saying, oh, it's not a problem here, but Mm -hmm. now it is. And so nobody knows yet what the deal is. And so she's trying to, um, I'm totally playing the devil's advocate here, but um, Mm -hmm. she's trying to quell that so that her entire hotel doesn't turn into a fiasco. But that being said, I think I don't think she had the right to do that. If you have two people that are affected, you don't just close the entire room and let make people stay in there. Well, not only that, I mean, some of them, some of them survived. Yeah, how did that? You know? happen? I mean, there was a, there was a chance that people were going to survive in there. You know, and and they did. Right. Yeah, the, which is that that was weird at the end because it's like the two the two of the twelve survivors were people that were actually in that room or more than two. I don't know how many were. I there. think they were all from the yeah. from in that room. Well, and they were the main people too, the mother of the bride and the groom. Right. And right. they were right there. Yeah. So, yep. um, yeah, and the other the other thing is that okay, here's the woman that's controlling this hotel. She knows the ins and outs. Obviously, there's got to be other doors that she could lock to keep the other people safe other than just that main hall, you know? Right. To, to right. move, I mean, to let the other people run at least. Well, there's also the back of the house. Yeah. And well, she, she, you know, to make that decision, she had to have a real good knowledge of what was going on, you know, to be able to say, if I close this part of the hotel off, I'm going to save the rest of the people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I I don't know. I thought that was a big bit of a leap, but but it was a necessary leap. I mean, you know, to propel the story, they had to have something like that happen for sure. And so I don't I don't necessarily fault them for doing that. I it's just not what I I would think was an appropriate behavior. And you know, and and actual actually, maybe they don't want us to think it was appropriate. Right. Maybe the fact that they did leave some of the people alive in there is telling the audience, no, that was not the right move. 
Right. Well, I mean, she's scared shitless in that situation, mm-hmm. and first thing she does is lock the door, and probably the next thing she thinks about after she turns the lock is, why the hell did I do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can tell in her face that she's thinking that. You're right, because, I mean, after you, after you do that, it's like you, there's no turning back. You don't then just no. unlock it. I mean, well, you could unlock it and open it. Well, you could. <laughs> you could. <laughs> there's turning back. <laughs> But, yeah, you're, but no, you're right. I exactly. But it also speaks to the type of person that she is now. I mean, you can tell that the guilt is just eating her away. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially now that her nephew is missing in action, she has no clue. She, I don't know if that that well, she'd say at that point that she knew that twelve people were alive, um, mm-hmm. and she didn't say whether they were from the bridal party or not. But but you could tell that she was she felt super guilty. She was just racked with guilt. And mm-hmm. not knowing if she made the right decision or not, because everyone ended up dying anyways. You know, one thing I, I've I've found kind of curious on these shows, and uh, actually this one more than, than the others, I think, is um, when when someone turns, they kind of just become background fodder. No one seems to be overly shocked if they see somebody they know. That is turned. You know, the reason I thought of that is uh, there was the one scene when Elena opens up the um, the stairwell door and walkers come out of there. And you can see the first couple of them were employees of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I would think if I ran into a co-worker who had turned like that, I would be shocked at first. I'd be like, Bob. Or be upset about that. How's you know? it going? Yeah, exactly. Got something on your face. <laughs> yeah. But, you got a little something on your but face. She did, <laughs> You're missing a nose. She did linger. <laughs> In front of that maid. Yeah. And the camera stayed I, on the maid for a while. I mean, she didn't... I know, it didn't seem like that. She didn't Well, maybe react, maybe you're right. Maybe but, you're right. But yeah, I mean, maybe she, she was like, holy crap. But if she's been there as long as she has, and she's been moving the dead around, like she says mm-hmm. she has, she might have already seen that person. Yeah. But I kind of thought that when we were at... Um, oh, God, what was her name? The Ranch? Yeah. And earlier in the season? Yeah, with Celia. Yeah, with Celia. And when they died, you know, those people really didn't it didn't take a second look at them. Well, again, they didn't think they were really dead. They didn't consider them really dead. They I were don't just know. in another if I life. Saw, if I saw you as a zombie, I'd freak out a little bit. Oh, I would lose my shit if I saw you. Mm-hmm. I would lose my shit if you saw I would me. hit you with a bottle. Yeah, she would. Just make sure it's a yeah, good but, one. Yeah, you remember what Travis, when he saw that, like his neighbor? The Chinese lady? Next, no, I wasn't thinking of the Chinese. The guy that was getting bitten by the dog. And they went in there and were like, what the hell are you doing? He's a zombie. Get away from him. Oh, yeah. And he was like trying to talk to the guy. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. So they have, they've hinted, at, but I mean, that was earlier on when we were like, come on, these people have no clue about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, you're right. right. I mean, if it's, if it is, um, People that they're familiar with day in and day out, you'd think that there would be a little bit more reaction but on stuff. But Yeah. Well, anyway, that was just some, some tangent that really wasn't yeah. relevant. I Just just something I was thinking about. Just stop it, Scott. I'm, I consider it stopped. But okay. you know what I did notice about this whole wedding scene is that it's kind of taking us, I mean, it's literally taking us back in time, but it's kind of helping those nine days that are missing from the storyline about how about what went down when everybody started figuring out what was going on and it's kind of filling in the gaps like we're not seeing the military part of it but we're seeing the everyday people reaction you know 
to what mm-hmm. happened. And so that right. that was kind of nice mm-hmm. to, to get mm-hmm. back to that. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. So. Yeah. Right. It's nice to get some <laughs> some some uh, some uh, framework to the Scott. Are you upset that it's missed. happening in, in Tijuana though? Um. Yeah. Actually. Tell you you want to see? You want to see some stuff closer to him? Well, I, I tell you this. I, you know. Because I'm zombie to... apocalypse hits. Uh, everything goes to shit in Mexico, and the gangs take over. Um, actually, that could be today. Uh, you know, it's, there's nothing surprising in that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seems like an easy cop-out to me. I'd rather if they've gone up to the Northwest or something like that and had to deal with what was going on in our society there. Because, you know, Mexico with the gangs is already the Wild West. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing, there's no, uh, no real change in that. So you'd like to hear him say, I, there's a zombie. Mm-hmm. Zombie. <laughs> but, that was a really you know, bad it's Canadian. Not, it, that, that was, was a Canadian? Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> I thought maybe there was some Irish had shown up in uh, the Northwest right. or something for a second there. That was a huge bust. That's Just, a zombie, eh? You know, take that one out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're thinking A. You gotta leave that in. <laughs> I was thinking A. You're right, I. I one of those vowels. Oh, Bob's. <laughs> Bob's Oy dead, vey, eh? a zombie. Bob's dead, eh? <laughs> no, I... Um, Go sit on the couch. How do you... <laughs> Shut up. My, stop. Our Canadian people are going to be like, what the hell are you doing? You're butchering it. <laughs> oh, and our Mexican friends will be calling me Donald Trump. I know. I'm just here from the South. I know nothing. <laughs> I, that's good. <laughs> oh, God. Cheers, Kim. That, <laughs> Thanks, that whole cheers. conversation just took a real turn for the worse. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, I'm not real big on the Tijuana angle, but, you know, whatever. That's where we are with our show. <laughs> well, hopefully by the end of the season, we'll be out of Tijuana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out of the desert, back to the United States. Yeah, but yeah, I'm trying to figure out why would they even go back? They already know everything's falling apart in the U.S. I'd like to see them go to Utah and find some Mormon mummies or Mormon zombies. <laughs> Mormon, Mormon mummies. Mormon mummies. <laughs> they sound even better. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. What kind of show is this? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> After a year, you'd think we do better. <laughs> <laughs> wheels have, we have come off we have failed our listeners yes we have so after the debacle with the wedding and so forth um i guess we moved on to uh travis and chris right yes doing a little walkabout <laughs> doing a little walkabout yes with travis's bad feet no you know what actually the first part of that whole travis and chris thing mm-hmm. was actually pretty good mm-hmm. it was believable mm-hmm. because Chris looked a little, he looked like, like a little boy again, you know, like he was innocent. He had no idea what the heck they were doing. Um, Travis is trying to doctor his feet, you know, and talking about the good old days. And, um, that part was totally believable and I actually enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course he's walking along with a little sociopath, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Chris breaks off from him and says like, he's, he's like, his same confident self to go check out the other stores, right? Yeah, when says, they find the find the station wagon and Travis is doing the hot wiring. 
he goes to see if he can find some supplies in the convenience store or the mom and pop store. So let me ask you this. He goes into the mom and pop store and there's a picture of mom and pop on the wall. And then there's two bodies laying in the back beside each other with blood around them. Mom and pop? For sure. Actually, so, I didn't even notice that, but yeah, I would guess so. Yeah, it's them. I didn't, so I the didn't frat, notice the So bodies. the frat boys killed them. That's what it looked like. The blood looked fresh. Yeah, so the frat boys killed them. Yeah. So and, you, you, uh, and instead of running away, Chris stays. Mm-hmm. Well, he saw a big can of beans. Yeah. Couldn't let that go. <laughs> but, you know, in Chris's defense, he did look a little concerned. Uh-huh. Don't you think? Like oh, he, sure. He was kind of like, oh, shit. What did I just walk in on? And he heard their voices and he knew they were still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was only when he killed the walker that came into the store that bro number one, whatever his name was, uh-huh. Brandon... <laughs> Was like, hey, you're kind of cool. And then Chris was like, oh my God, I have a new friend. Yep. Hey, it's the boys. I'm hanging with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. I would have thought, you know, I actually, I thought it was kind of funny the way he did take off. Um, And then they sped out of there. I'm surprised Travis, you know, the the way Chris was was running and trying to get out of there. I, I'm surprised he had to tell Travis later on that there was someone in there. <laughs> well, because he told Travis that there were walkers. Yeah, but still, the walkers, we know how slow the walkers work. Yeah, well. I mean, you're not speeding out of there because there's, you know, 20 walkers on the other side of that building. Well, they're still trying to get used to all that, I guess. So Travis is, I think so. is a little naive. Yes, that's that's kind of my point. Yes. I think I think Travis is, is too... Uh, too uh, High in the sky and unicorns. He's still mm-hmm. way too naive at this yep. state. Yep. You could say that even with his his viewpoints that they could, uh, you know, settle down somewhere and start a life on a on a farm or something somewhere, and you know, just don't see see that happening. But you know, it also at the same time, you know, he says stuff like that, but he doesn't seem to be too worried about. You know the rest of the family. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was I was very surprised. He's like, oh yeah, we'll find a farm and then have it, it'll have a well and we'll be fine here. Yeah, and and the only one who actually brings it up is Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris Chris says well, you're just waiting for you don't want to get too far from Madison. Mm-hmm. But Travis doesn't bring it up. Well, because I think Travis wants Chris to believe that he's there for Chris and Chris alone, and that he's turned his back on everybody because Chris needed him so badly because that's what Chris needs to believe. I think Chris needs to believe that he's at the center of Travis's attention and center of his life. And that's why whenever these, these spring breakers give Chris the um, attention that he so desires, that's why he just goes batshit crazy for them. He is so hungry for attention. Well, he's, he would do anything. He's a little sociopath. I mean, he, he really, really is. is. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's um, he's a dangerous little dude, and uh, you know, and Dad's trying to reach him. I, I get all that, but uh, I'm kind of hoping that sometime soon they cut bait, um, yeah. because you know, Chris Chris is this is not a redeemable situation with Chris. I mean, he's got serious psychological problems. Mm-hmm pathological psychological problems that are 
you're not just going to charm your way back into the group again. Honestly, mm-hmm. I feel, I wish he felt a little bit more dangerous to me because right now he's just kind of boring. Yeah. Well, to me, Chris is that type of dangerous person where it's like the calm before the storm. Like, you don't really know what's going through his mind, and he's got two different people living inside of him. And the calm one, when he's really calm, he's a really good kid, and he's really nice to be around. But just that one little instant is all it takes to make him, like, a stark raving mad lunatic that is going to murder everybody in the room. Well, do you do you understand the 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 buildup in the nature of a sociopath? A sociopath doesn't really have a a um, personality to themselves. Most sociopaths are copying other personalities mm-hmm. that they feel are appropriate to be accepted. So. You know, if Chris is acting like a, you know, good kid and so forth, he's acting like a good kid and so forth. He's not a good kid and so forth. He's a sociopath. He is, you know, he's got a, he's got a, um, he has no right or wrong, sense of right or wrong, real sense of right or wrong. He just, um, you know, he, he masks it with, uh, you know, copied behavior. Right. But do you think that that is something that can just turn in a person i think yeah he's always had it to some effect because like remember the first scene we saw with him in this entire series he was on that bus and he hears about the protest and he goes downtown to see the protest for himself and at that point as far as we know he's been a pretty good kid right he's just kind of upset that his parents are getting divorced i think i think he has had bad upbringing um, mm-hmm. by his parents. I don't think his parents were ever really genuine with him. And a lot of times that can lead to sociopathic um, behavior or, you know, development. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, you know, I certainly don't think Travis was close at all. I mean, right. I think they made yeah, it clear right at the beginning of the show that he was not close with Chris at all. And I don't know if his mom was particularly close to him either. I think Chris spent a lot of the time fending for himself and and not trusting people. Yep, that's the impression I got too. And so, looking for a place to be to belong, to be involved yeah. with, which is when he when he when he does hear that stuff at the start, it does you know mimics that um, perfectly because he's wanting to get involved with whatever's going on with this protest. So right, um, and he's quick to cut bait when he when it's not working for him. Yep, mm-hmm. but he's seeking. Um, like dangerous situations the entire time. But yeah, you see it with like now. the airplane. Mm-hmm. You know, he like goes out there and 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 sees the walkers and kind of pushes sure. the envelope as to what he can do. Well, there's also a certain invulnerability that comes with some with a lot of these psychological disorders, yeah. to where you feel you're above it. That. Um, but there's also there's also that invulnerability in that age group. Sure, without a yeah. doubt. So Without a doubt. it might not necessarily be that there's something wrong, mentally wrong with him, other than the fact that he doesn't really know his place or know who he is. And now he's figuring it out in a world where you kill things. So it's kind of changing him. If they want to do anything with Chris, in my opinion, develop him into being next season's big bad guy. Well, you know, after all this conversation about Chris, I'm kind of interested to see where he goes now. 
he's been a kind of a boring character, but now that we start thinking about the ins and outs of how he became the person that he is now, he's he's kind of more interesting. I'm, st- <laughs> I'm still not interested in him. <laughs> well, I'm going to see if maybe the next episode I can look at him in a different way and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try to keep an open mind. It's the same thing we were talking about with, like, Ophelia in a way. Um, Ophelia is kind of secondary. Not Chris being secondary, but Travis mm-hmm. is becoming secondary because of his son. Because mm-hmm. all the actions of his son make him react to stuff. Right. And right. so you don't really get to see him and any decisions he's going to make or any no, uh, development Travis is, that he Travis would have. Travis is a good guy. He's just yeah. a very vanilla good guy. Mm-hmm. Right. He's a very vanilla good guy that uh, you're wanting to see this world affect him in some way, but he's so focused on his son that you're not seeing him develop in any other way than running. I wonder, though, his... I wonder if his focus on his son right now is overcompensating for his lack of focus on his son in, in the past. I definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. I would say yes. Yeah. He's, so, I mean, that's like, like what Kim was saying, that he's trying to show Chris that, you know, his. His only focus is Chris mm-hmm. by putting everybody else in the rearview mirror. I mean, I don't honestly, I was thinking like, well, what the hell is wrong with it? He's like not even wanting to go after anybody else. No, no. And that that's that's right. I mean, that's just I don't know. Uh, you know, you got your your whiny, bratty, sociopathic son or go after the family that was still wanting to be around you. Right. Um, and we we automatically think, well, yeah, yeah, go back with the other interesting people because mm-hmm. Chris is boring. Hey, but also one thing about Chris, Chris in the uh, in the driving lesson that he and his dad had. Hey, was that was that dude that Chris almost hit? Was that uh, was that a walker or was that a real dude? That was a walker. That was a walker. You sure? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. He looked like a beat up guy. No, no, it was a walker. All right. Because it didn't even really turn around when... Yeah, it did. It actually turned all the way around. Well, it was a walker. All right. I do have another bone to pick with that whole thing. Um, Uh Uh Uh-oh. Them going out to the desert and starting a fire in the middle of the night. Uh Like, I'm not thinking that's the smartest thing to do. Well, because they'd be able to see them? Yeah, but... I also play the devil's advocate. I'm thinking maybe they thought, hey, there's nobody around. Mm-hmm. Well, Travis doesn't think there's anybody around because Chris right. has not told him about these guys yet. But um, And Chris is naive. Mm-hmm. But the idea of starting a fire when there's banditos out there, just, uh, I was... I was just floored. Like, really? I don't know. You know, I mean, you run out of gas in the middle of the desert somewhere... You don't see any indication there's anything else around. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'd probably be inclined to light a fire myself just know. for the... Maybe I'm just too picky, but... You know, because it gets cold. I know it desert. does. I know. I would agree. And they probably want to get warm, and, and you got to find some way to cook up those beans. Yeah, I was going to say. But I don't think they actually cooked the beans, did they? They didn't. They didn't. Damn, damn, that was a big, that was a big, big old yeah. can of beans. It wasn't as big as Carl's can of pudding. That's how I was going to no, say that No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But I did like, uh, who was, what was the frat boy, Brandon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he says, no, no, you go ahead and eat it. I'm glad I'm not sharing a tent with you. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if fans, though, are going to start bringing cans of beans to conventions. Oh, oh Lord. To give to, to Chris. F- resist 
Resist, resist. Don't do it, people. Well, we'll just give him to a homeless shelter. It'll all be good. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I, I liked his, his comment when they finally uh, ran up on him. And, and Chris said, well, I saved your life. And the guy was like, well, I could say you stole from me. That's mm-hmm. right. Depends on how you look at it. Yep. Well, I mean, they so the boy, the frat boys show up. And, um, and they kind of, you know, come to some kind of a mutual protection agreement for the time period because they, they offer to give them a ride into town the next day. But the one advantage that we had over, you know, Travis and all is that we had seen the scene with the dead mom and pop. Mm-hmm. So we, we know, or at least we're assuming that these guys are killers too. Yeah, we know how bad they could be. Had we not seen that, had we not seen the mom and pop dead on the floor, and then I would have figured these guys are just foragers. They're maybe not bad guys. You know, that wouldn't can have I, been a Can I just say, I missed the mom and pop thing, but I still had a bad feeling about them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I don't okay. think I, mean, I would honestly, have Honestly, I think they were, it was a big question mark as to the, like, they followed him out there, too. I mean, that's the other side of it. And mm-hmm. when they saw their car, there was no hesitation. They jumped out right. and ran over and said, hey, what are you guys doing? We'd like to yep. Or where are you? Because they were hiding in the bushes. Right. So the, ne- so the next day, they get up and they traipse off in the, in the vehicle. Um, Chris is just having a great old time talking to the guys. Uh, and, but Travis is not a happy camper in the back. Right. With Brandon. And Brandon's pointing that out, but they find that farm. They they I guess Chris points out that there's a farm off the road, whatever. So they go to investigate the farm, and uh, they don't find anything there. Matter of fact, remember they said the cupboards were bare, it's just dust. Mm-hmm. So they they continue to raid the farm and so forth. Travis is, and then Travis all of a sudden realized this could be a good farm for them, for he and Chris. Mm-hmm. Well, it's exactly what he was describing. It's a farm mm-hmm. in the hills with a well, right? With a well. Mm-hmm. Yep. With a vantage little point, mo- too. Little, little Montezuma's revenge in the well, but that's okay. <laughs> you can work through it. Um, I still don't think it was a great place for he and Chris to hold up because it was mm-hmm. exposed on all sides. But um, I guess for like a little segue, sure. I don't know what I his think... intentions are, though, when it comes to Madison. Like, is he waiting for her, or is he planning to find her? I think at that point he was just trying to get away from these guys as well. I mean, as he saw an opportunity in the place, fine, but I think he was trying to convince Chris as well to leave these guys behind. But but I agree, and I think but I think Kim's right. I mean, he saw this as the model of what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you could see anybody coming from all around. It had all the farm... Uh, the farm crops were already growing. Um, there was no reason to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But yet, how would any of their people ever find them again? Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why I'm kind of scratching my head about Travis and, and his dedication to the rest of the crowd. I don't know. I mean, does, do you think Travis thinks that if they do run into the rest of those crowd, that those, that they're going to do something to Chris? Um, I do think that he's nervous about Chris's safety, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Alicia obviously does not like him. Madison's a little bit leery about him now and wondering what the heck is going on with him. So I think I think the whole reason that he split up 
split off with Chris and took him off by himself is because he is nervous about both their impressions of him and what they will do to him and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, yeah. And obviously we don't care what Ophelia thinks. So yeah. Anyway, we'll matter. move on from there. <laughs> <laughs> Watch. She'll, she'll turn out to be like the badass of the entire show or something. I, I just don't <laughs> see it. Yeah. yeah. That'll happen. Uh, I think, I think her dad will pop up again and then, then she'll be somewhat relevant again. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> The one thing we didn't mention was they had a different name for the uh, infected. They called them the Wasted. Yeah, the Wasted. That was a good touch. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because the first one they saw, they thought he was he was drunk. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's a really Until, good one. I, I guess they said he, but but because I think they the, the first one they saw actually killed one of their friends. Yes. Because they did say something like, "We'll never let that happen again." Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was a little downer to the uh, yeah we, to the waist. Be a downer down. there, Scott. Jeez. Uh, sorry. Wah wah wah. So the owner of the um, farm shows shows up. Yeah, because they were chasing his chickens around. The... Nothing good ever comes out of barns in The Walking Dead. <laughs> no. That's you very know, true. They just should avoid barns. <laughs> they didn't get the memo, uh, apparently. Evidently not. You just don't want to be around a barn. But so, there weren't uh, any walkers in there, so... No, no, there's chickens. You know, Protein! There's that. Mm-hmm. They, um... They're all standing around. Yeah, the farmer shows up with his rifle and, and is yelling at them in Spanish, and they don't understand what he's talking about. And Travis is trying to intervene, of course. Um, but he, you know, he doesn't have the, the language either. Um, why, why did... Why do you think baby James broke the neck of that chicken? To show that they had power. He just didn't seem like the guy that would do that, though, because he seemed kind of like the uh, the wimpier of the three. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, but I think he's just like Chris. Like he's trying to get the approval of Brandon, and mm-hmm. he wants to still he wants to be um, important and needed. Yeah, well, he seemed like a nice guy too. So that was the other thing. So. Well, I don't know how that herd mentality works. Yeah. Well, you said earlier they killed the people in the the other place, right? So I mean. Yeah, he's trying to show yeah. his dominance That's to true. this guy. That's true. Yeah. Like, so um, the farmer, yep, choked his chicken. Nah. And, and Farmer Juan <laughs> shot him in the leg for his troubles. Um, and then, uh, and then our our buddy, our 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 favorite character, Chris, blows Farmer Juan away. Yeah. Dumbass. Chris. Without any hesitation. And smiled about it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He totally smirked. He, yeah. Uh, and Brandon was even like, whoa. Mm-hmm. But Brandon unloaded on him, too. It wasn't just Chris. Brandon mm-hmm. opened fire also. But she, that, you know, of all the scenes in that show, that the, the look on Travis's face was the best of the show. It mm-hmm. certainly was. Yeah. You could see a whole lot of emotion was, in that one He look. was devastated. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. devastated. Completely defeated. Yeah. And he was, I, he had to be thinking, I may not be able to do anything with this kid. Yeah. And that it's time to abandon ship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you do in that situation? You try so hard to get your kid to come around to reality, but they still keep pushing away and do something as devastating as killing somebody. What do you do? I, 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 I might be inclined to kill the other guys. To get that influence away from them. Mm. Yeah. You know? Clear out that clear out the frat boys, um, because 
he knows they're not good for him. Mm-hmm. And he's got to protect his he's got to protect his kid. Well, this is kind of the same situation that Rick and Carl went through when they were at the um, the prison, and Carl killed that kid when he was with right. um, Herschel. Mm-hmm. It was outside mm, the yeah. gates. Right. And Herschel told Rick about it. And, um, you know, gosh, I don't remember exactly what Rick said or did at that moment in time. But, but Rick, you know, pretty much laid down the law with him and told him, like, that's not the way I want you to be. And that's mm-hmm. not the way a man reacts to things like right. this. Right. And basically what Travis needs to do is man up. Mm-hmm. And he needs to, to lay down the law. With Chris. Yeah, but I think he's worried. I think he thinks at that point Chris isn't going to listen to him. That's why he's looking at him like he did. That's why he didn't take his hand. He's just like, wow. Yeah, he was was looking more like, it's over. Like, I give up. I know, but but he should at least try. I think that's one of the things that Chris wants. He wants his dad to fight for him. And his dad has not fought for him. Yes, he abandoned everybody. Who knows what Chris wants? Chris Chris is a nutcase. Um, I don't think Chris knows what he wants. Well, every time honesty. his every time his dad is trying to um, get him to appreciate life or pre- appreciate like going back to some sort of normalcy, mm-hmm. this kid is going the exact opposite way. Or he's play acting like he's into it. Yeah, or but he is into it. I mean, no. What I mean is, what I mean is, is like it, like Kim was saying at the very beginning of the show, they're having their. Their uh, son and father moments. Um, oh yeah, he's faking that. Is what you're yeah. saying? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, but he's. I mean, he's going towards the the freedom. You know, do whatever the hell you want way, and that's what these guys are kind of handing to him. Right. And the thing about it, I think, uh, you know, when we talk about sociopaths uh, mimicking behavior, they're not necessarily doing it consciously. I mean, it's not. It's not like. You know, in those moments when he's with Travis, it's not like he has any disdain for Travis or anything like that. It just, he doesn't know how to really react to stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So he mimics behavior that seems appropriate for that, but he's not doing it out of any malice. It's just the way, a, you know, a sociopath's mind works. He's never been taught. Yep. Anyway, so that's where we end up with our... With so that our, happened. Yeah, so that happened. <laughs> So, uh, right. That's where we end up with Travis and and Chris with uh, that little standoff um, going on. So, so folks, we'll take a break for a moment and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about Alicia and and the Hotel from Hell. Oh, je voudrais tant que tu te souviennes des jours heureux où nous étions amis. En ce temps-là, la vie était plus belle. Et le soleil plus brûlant qu'aujourd'hui Les feuilles mortes se ramassent à l'appel Tu vois, je n'ai pas oublié Les feuilles mortes se ramassent à l'appel Les souvenirs et les regrets aussi All right, we're back. Yay! Hey, how about that? Um, well... <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the hotel. Let's see what's happening with our friend Alicia. Let's go. And Elena. Yeah. All right. Talk about it. Our theory from last week was correct. 
That it was somebody at the hotel putting the placards on the door. Yes, it was. And that she probably got them from housekeeping. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Pocketing. Yep. But before you even get to that, Alicia balls up to go out in the corridor. Oh, duh, yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. would you... I don't know. Would that be your first choice? She, well, uh, she not was... when I saw that one guy staring in the window. Yeah, I, mirror. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, do you want to stay stuck in that room the whole time, though? I don't know. No. I'd be, like, tying some bed sheets together, I think. Maybe, like, going yeah, down Yeah, but you don't know next... if it's any better on the on the uh, the balcony below you. That no, all those guys you are don't. Falling, you know? But you know there's stuff out in the hallway. You know, I mean, she's, she's carving into the door how many are going by because she's obviously trying to keep count to... I think I'd open I'd open up the door real quick, pop one, close the back door. Let the next one walk up, pop them, close the door. No way. Why not? You're wasting all your bullets. No, she doesn't have bullets with her knife. She's a stabber. Oh, she's, that's right. Yeah. Never mind. She's got the butterfly knife that she's... She's got the butterfly knife and she's pretty confident with it. Yeah. That's too risky. Better than staying in a hotel room. Yeah, a little less risky than just running away from the safe haven and jumping in an elevator shaft. Well, yes. I don't understand. Did she hear something at the other end of the hall and that she was like, Ophelia, like trying to attract these crazy No, 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 walkers? no. She turned around when she got out of the room. She, she saw at the end of the hall there was a whole bunch of walkers. Mm-hmm. So they started coming towards her and she was like, oh, shit. So she started running the other direction. And she started yelling out Ophelia at that point. Yeah, she had made the decision to leave she, the right, room. And then she saw at the other end of the hallway, and she was like, oh, crap. You know. Well, Her she's a better jumper than I am. Yes, yes. And and she hung on to those wires a lot better than I ever would. Yeah, there's no way that I would have mm-hmm. been able to do that. No, but, she, but she's she's got youth on her side. I know, she's badass, Alicia. But mm-hmm. especially when those walkers were reaching for her through the mm-hmm. door. Let me ask you this, though. Mindless walkers, right? Mm-hmm. They're mindless. Why are they holding themselves over the over the gap instead of just falling in? Good point. I mean, they literally were holding on to the edge of the of the elevator shaft, leaning in, trying to reach her. How in the hell would they even know that? I mean, just we're so picky. <laughs> <laughs> we just cannot help it. <laughs> I can't, you know, if you got to watch the show as many times as we do to do this podcast, you're going to notice that stuff. I know. Yeah. Besides the fact that there's zombies walking around. Well, yeah, my yeah. first thought was if she jumps and grabs those cables, even as they're falling, they're, they could catch her. Yeah. So it was like, oh, yeah. why? I mean, why was your first reaction? Okay, I'm going to jump into the elevator shaft. Uh, I mean, when she started climbing up it, I was like, thank God. Yeah, right. At least she's doing that. Because just she's hanging got, right there, would they would be taking her out. She's got yeah. some good upper arm strength too. Yes, she does. Because that's some number, snazzy boots. That's 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 activity number two. I would not be able to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I would just fall to my death. Yeah, I'd go to reach out for the cables and go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know her hands have to be sweaty. Uh-huh. And she would and slip. The- I would think that that thing's pretty greasy too. Yeah. The cable, but nonetheless, so she 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 makes her way up a little bit, and then mystery woman number one shows up at the at the floor above. It's an Elena, and she rescues Alicia from the from the elevator shaft. Thank God. And then attacks her. Yes. Yeah. It's choking her. Yeah. 
Yeah, because she thinks she's one. She thinks uh, um, Alicia's one of the hotel guests that may have taken Hector. Mm-hmm. Um, but that makes me wonder how long has Alicia? I mean, shoot, Elena and Hector been separated from the other hotel guests. Oh, sorry, there's something crawling on my face. <laughs> Ah, you know, that's a hell of a way to make a point. Um. <laughs> oh, my God, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. There you go, everybody. Uh, Can't get an understanding of how Kim reacts at scary things. That's right. <laughs> got... You remember when that roach fell on my leg? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Holy yeah, crap. City. Sorry, where um, was I? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember what your question was. Oh, um, how long were they? How long were Hector and Elena separated from the rest of the survivors? It sounds like for a while. Um, and how you know, does she know that there's twelve survivors left if they have been separated? Um, I think she thought there was about twelve. I, I don't. It, it turns out it probably wasn't twelve. It was only like six. Right. Um, but I, you know, it, it's obvious that whatever happened happened pretty fast because you know it even caught our frat boys out camping Mm -hmm. um they couldn't get back in time Mm -hmm. and they still really had no idea what was going on either you'd think that they would learn something from somebody well they were yeah i mean they still hadn't gotten home they were still trying to get home right well i mean but anybody that maybe they were even killing Mm -hmm. (laughs) who knows right might have told them that uh yeah the every everywhere is like this Right. Well, they seem to recover from that news pretty quick. But, um, but, but again, I think Elena, she said, you know, ever since that, that first day when all that crap happened with the, uh, with the, uh, wedding and all, she was up in the tower. Mm -hmm. It just seems implausible to me. Yeah. I mean, she kind of reminds me of like the hunch. No, wait. Um, not the hunchback. The, um, no, the Phantom, Phantom of the, of the opera. opera. Thank you very okay. much. Um, just kind of sneaking behind the scenes and behind the walls, basically. Yeah. And spying on people and doing the deeds that she needs to get done. But um, she seems like such a scaredy cat. And she's she said she's been up in those in the tower the entire time. Well, she got a lot of vitamin water and Toblerone candy bars, so. Mm, that's good stuff. <laughs> why, why would you go anywhere? True. I would just sit on the bed the entire time and obviously she got a hot shower yeah um the electricity's definitely still on i mean otherwise those hotel keys never would have worked Ooh, good point um so they have to have a generator somewhere battery operated something's working hmm. that's why they still have hot water oh, um that's true. but it, but they were but but you know then again the refrigerators were out what's up with that i don't know maybe they're not anyway. on the not worrying about that. Back one. up, whatever. Anyways, no, their their um their escape from the room, like their mm-hmm. big escape scene, that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, their plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where they, where uh, Alicia evidently was doing the job of Hector, because evidently Hector has. She was talking. Elena was talking about Hector was kind of the the one who would, you know, lead them away mm-hmm. and then help her trap them in another room. Yeah, Elena had um, the safe job. Yeah. Yeah. I think she always had. So, yeah, so Alicia draws, you know, Alicia draws the uh, walkers into the room that they're trying to get out of the hallway. And Elena comes in behind them, closes the door. Alicia goes out on the balcony. 
and then freaks out because Elena's supposed to be helping her, but there's no Elena. Mm-hmm. So we had that little, yeah. we had that little, uh, you know, hesitation, nervous moment. Tension. Yeah. And then, then the and then sheets activity come number across three, I would never from the other do. from the other balcony, and then Elena helped her across. Yeah. As the walkers broke through these the yeah. glass windows onto the balcony. So yeah, it was a little hair raising. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but they got freed. They cleared the halls, so they could head downstairs. And 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 even at that point, Elena wasn't going to go with her. Remember, Elena mm-hmm. said I cleared it so you could go downstairs, and she's kind of like, "No, you got to go with me too. We're trying to find Hector, also." So, um, right, and Elena's still scared to go downstairs, yeah. which that's why I'm kind of like, I just don't, she's more afraid of I the think, live people than the. I walkers. think what what she did may have freaked her out so much. Total guilt. Yeah, that she was hiding up there in essence. Um, so they go down, they go back down to the lobby to the bar, and find that the bar is all. Um, barricaded up and you know and as they said someone must have set that up because I guess it wasn't like that before so that should have been mm-hmm. our first clue that, that uh, Madison and, and Strand got out of there well that's true and and then our uh, then our uh, our uh, wedding party shows up yeah but I, I think like that that point where she's standing out the side or outside those doors and thinks that uh, mm-hmm. Madison's gone is probably one of the other m- more intense scenes because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she's yeah. I mean she, uh, she's saying well Elaine is actually saying that well you know she's gone she's gone you know because she's right. not here no Elena was a was a bundle of sunshine every every five minutes so yeah what do you expect? <laughs> but she does see that walker that looks very similar uh-huh. to Madison. Right, right. The really bad wig job. Yep, yep. That was yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kim pointed that out. She's like, "That's a terrible wig." It didn't quite work for me as as far as me thinking. Oh, that could be Madison. No, mm-hmm. I, I you know I knew right off the bat. No, that's not Madison. No, of course not. No, no. This is too easy. But we got we got our uh, we got our wedding party, and they've got Hector, and they trade Hector for the keys. And um, and that's when Alicia is just like, ah, screw this, I'm opening the doors. And then she releases all the walkers mm-hmm. out of the bar into their midst. And it was kind of cool the way she and uh, Elena hid behind the glass door. Yeah. The walkers that just went in there. Thinking. Yeah, just went in there after the, uh, the wedding party folks. Um, so now once that happened, did... Did Alicia and Elena then and Hector then go back into the bar um, to run down the passageway? They must have. I mean, they they found a, some kind of an opening down to the tunnels okay. underneath. Because they, that's that mm-hmm. was my big question with the barricaded doors. Mm-hmm. If it had been Madison and Strand that barricaded the doors, they would have had to access that passageway through the bar. Mm-hmm. But we don't so, know. We don't know where that passageway led, so the door that they were at could have been anywhere. You know, they could have gotten out of the bar there, piled all the stuff up against the doors, and run down some other hallway or something like that. And it just happened to lead down to where that end of that tunnel came out. Right. Well, I guess that's true, but I tend to think that it was more of the survivors, the other survivors, that barricaded the door. But yeah. I could be wrong. Maybe. Well, maybe you're probably right. You're probably right, but. Um, it, it was weird that they came out from the, the basement of that hotel and all of a sudden they were in the room with them. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. like surprise. Yeah. What? what are the odds? Yeah. But I'm I'm sure we'll probably see more of how they even got in there in the next one. Right. So yeah. So then the the lack of keys come to come to be a problem when they get to the, in the hallway and the door is locked. Luckily, Madison and Strand are there to let them in. Yep. Did you and notice? That's where we, Continuing that's where we their happy hour. Uh huh. Did you notice how um, disheveled Madison looked? She looked oh really yeah, she, I th- stressed and sweaty and. I think she was still bombed. Oh, she could have been. <laughs> I mean, come on. That was a huge She's wake like, up, hey, right? Kids. Oh crap! <laughs> I'm here with my kids and I, I'm bombed. I'm just wondering if something worse might have happened. I don't know. To her or Strand. I guess we'll find out like, next week. Hopefully, nobody got bit in the process mm. of them. Well, escaping. they were grabbing the liquor on the way out, so. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I would have been. Yep. No, I, 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 I would be surprised if anybody got bit. They, I think she just was, I think she was still bombed. I mean, if, if they tried to act it off as if she wasn't bombed, then that's ridiculous because they were both bombed. And you're not getting over it that quick. Right. Yeah, but we don't know how much time has passed either. Not that long. We don't know if it's been like 10 minutes or a day. No. Because she was up, it's only been Alicia a- was upstairs stairs for a day at least yeah but i'd be surprised if it was more than a couple minutes since that had happened you know hour at most maybe no way dude they did not spend the night in the bar what do you mean because they show alicia she spent the night in one of those bedrooms did she spend the night in one of the bedrooms before she... yeah before she she decided to do her big escape and jump into the um the elevator shaft. I remember shaft. taking a nappy poo. Well, she was hanging out by the door, like carving into the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, who knows how long Ophelia was gone. She might have been gone like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. She was up there for she, a while. Yeah, she could have been freaking out. Mm-hmm. I just put quickly. it this way. I don't think I don't think Madison and uh, Stram would be over there drunk by then. Well, hmm. we'll find out. Yes, we will. And that's where our show ended. Yay. Well, <laughs> Yep. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I really did like this episode a lot better than everybody else. I mean, than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the bar scene was really good, and everything with Alicia was great. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I agree. I, I, I still, believe it or not, I still liked the, um, the episode with Nick, the first one we came back. But again, I am getting a little tired of the... Mexican gang thing and so forth. That's that's pretty. I don't know. Seems pretty easy to me. Kind of a cop out. Let's have something a little bit more interesting. Well, they made up for this one. They didn't have any Nick. Nope, they did not. We will next one though. I just I feel like the Mexican gang thing is so overplayed with like Breaking Bad and. That's what I mean. Right. Exactly. And other shows like you're right. North Pacific Northwest would have been great, except that they would have been really cold and not moving very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly, but you know, I mean, and rotting fast because of all the rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they rot a lot worse. Walkers. Yeah, they're gonna rot a lot worse in the heat. Yeah, the 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 whole gang thing, you know, gangs taking over uh, Mexico after the fall, you know, after the apocalypse. Well, that's not a real, it's not Stretch. a real reach. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I mean, come on, gangs have practically taken over already. They have taken over. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I thought it was kind of an easy... Like, you don't go out. to Tijuana, do you? Hell, you they don't can have do a half. very good outlook on Mexico, Scott. 
Well, it's not Mexico so much as I'm just not really interested in that storyline, the way they're going. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't have any problem with Mexicans or Mexico as a country or whatever, but it's just not very original. Anyway. Well, we do have some listener feedback. Oh, yeah. At Hercules Handy said, is Chris Manawa too far gone? Yes, I think he is. <laughs> Which we've already discussed. Yes, I think, I think he needs a little uh, rubber room. But like you said, Kim, yes. it's actually, I mean, maybe it, that's what's actually lending some credence to his character. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's, that's what's making him more interesting is, you know, how crazy is this guy going to get? Oh, he's crazy. I think, he's super crazy. I think he should go Mad Max, get like big tractors and a bunch of people going around and going through the desert and chasing down people. A mohawk, maybe a monkey. Yeah, why not? Okay. Lots of leather. I could actually see that happening. Mm -hmm. Let's see. At Lady Dixon KR said, I feel we are going to see a whole new side of her tonight. Her badass side. I'm assuming she's talking about Alicia. Yes, she is talking about Alicia. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're right. You're right, Lady Dixon. Yep, definitely. It was her night to get badass. Yeah, she was. Uh, In response to our post that uh, we had a record download day last week, Amanda Bergloff said... Congrats. You so deserve it. You guys are awesome. So this is kind thank of stroking you. our own ego here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we deserve to do that every now and yeah, then. Yeah, but no, right? that's nice. Especially that's super nice. to celebrate our one year. At, at Two Dead Chicks said, congrats, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you for ladies. that. Thank you, Um, And then some of our listeners were not really sure what happened to Madison's husband. So remember, they revealed that Madison's husband was in a car accident. Oh, right. When... um. Uh, what's his name? Nick was talking about it in rehab to Gloria. He said that he was in a car accident, but then later on, Madison said, yeah, that's what I told them, told the kids. So at Lady Dixon KR again said, Madison lied to protect them, the kids. I think he committed suicide. And yes, we, I think we all agreed on that one. Mm-hmm. We said that last time. Yep, yep. There's something more there. Oh, and at OTH Madagascar said, what I liked about last week's show uh, was Nick's almost clean hair. What I did not like uh, is how you can fall from a building and not crack your head open, which I think is one of the things Thank that, you. that we brought up last week, for sure. Yes. yes. You can't crack That's your different. head open, like break a leg, break yeah. your back. Splat. Splat. You're already decomposing. Mm-hmm. How in the world are you getting up? Exactly. Um, Dave Valentin at uh, DV Orlando gave us some response to we were having a discussion last week on how long the uh, the military would last when things went to shit and uh, and he got back to us on your military discussion National Guard units respond to the governor of the state or territory where they are from these units are part-timers with regular jobs I was an active duty Navy and Navy and reserves if the supply chain, food, ammo, fuel dries up, and the military depends on civilian suppliers, the military will crumble in weeks. An aircraft carrier, the type, the type of ship I was on, feeds 5,000-plus sailors and Marines three meals a day. Just to get, give you some perspective, I will never, in capital letters, put my family second. Hmm. If things went south, military members would held, head home as nothing will hold them on. Uh, no money, food, purpose, or the ability to do good. 
We are not robots, and I know the media has created a caricature of us. But remember, our military is 80% 18 to 30-year-olds. I enjoy your podcast. <laughs> Great way to end it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, David. Appreciate it. Those are all very good points. And I'm, thanks for your service. I think that uh, the fact... I think his point about the young people being involved in the military, especially the 18-year-olds, they're mm-hmm. so naive. Um, and that's not a... That's not some disparaging against no. young people. I'm just it's saying. Experience. It's experience. I know how I was at 18 year old as an 18 year old, and I was very naive and immature. And um, yeah, if were. somebody, <laughs> you didn't even know me then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if if I was in a situation, that's why I never went into the military. I had considered going into the Air Force, and I couldn't handle people yelling at me. So I think that if something really went down, they would not stick around very long. I totally agree. And I agree with his comment that I love your podcast. <laughs> exactly. No, actually, he did come back and say, I, I don't want to sound like I'm being arrogant. And no. I, I, which I responded to, I don't want to sound like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> no, no, yes. no. No, I thought, no, his comments are great. That uh, That's the perspective we need to hear. Yep. Um. So, next week on Fear of the Walking Dead, which will be Season 2, Episode 11, Pablo and Jessica. Hmm. Hmm. Alicia and Madison try to bring two competing factions together. Nick uses his skills from his past for his new role. Ooh, what's his new role going to be? Um, pastor? No. No. Um, <laughs> um dr- PD, uh, uh, pharmacist? Fishmonger? Fishmonger? I- I'm no. thinking pharmacist. Really? <laughs> it does you know, have I think it is, yeah. it is hilarious how this guy is so infatuated with drugs, and yet he, any situation he rolls up on, there's something to do with drugs. Mm-hmm. Like some understanding or knowledge of what's in the bottle, you know, wherever he is, whatever situation he gets put into, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think he just, he you know, whatever the situation is, he gravitates to that part of it. I know, but it's just too perfect. Yeah, but when that plane crashed, you know, yeah, first thing he thought about drugs. was going to find drugs. Yeah. He's a survivalist. You have to find drugs Druggy where you can. Survivalist, yes. Not that he's taking them anymore, so that's good. I know, but honestly, like, the last thing I think about would be looking through the medicine. But, I don't know. Maybe that's probably why I wouldn't survive. Yeah, you'd be dead in a week. I'd be dead in a week. <laughs> I don't think it would take me a week to be dead. Yeah. I would just scream. Yeah, I don't think any of us would last very long. We'd be running our mouths too much to analyzing everything. <laughs> 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 yeah. How do we get in this situation? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> that zombie's 50 feet away. There's no way you can catch up with me. Ow! And they can't climb <laughs> yeah. stairs either. Let's test it. <laughs> We were at <laughs> we were at a place <laughs> we this weekend. Um, it's one of those like ninja warrior things, like a like an yes. indoor playground type thing. But it's ninja. Yeah, warrior. It's, a, it's obstacle. It's obstacle courses. They've got it set up for. Um, and it's all kind of entertainment stuff, yeah. but they have obstacle courses for adults and kids that are like the the American Ninja show. Yeah, exactly like the show. So I was telling Stuart, like, this is a huge warehouse type building. This would be perfect to go to during the zombie apocalypse because 
All you have to do is squirrel away up inside of one of those rope optical courses and the zombies can't get to you. And my dad was like, oh, zombies can climb up that stuff. I'm like, no, they can't. They don't have dexterity. We had this huge conversation about how <laughs> the ninja course. I'm glad I was not involved in that conversation. Would have been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, folks, we do talk about this just as much off the air as we do we on We do, air. and we bring in unsuspecting family members. We are we are so sad. Hey, during this conversation at all, did you say, where are the kids? They were up in the, uh, the obstacle course. We knew where they were. Somewhere. Somewhere. I just Maybe. remember we were, we were there for our, our uh, triplet's birthday, and I was like, mm-hmm. Kim, where's, where's Keller? And you're like, oh, he's somewhere over there. Well, he's enclosed in a rope <laughs> thing. No, you didn't know. He's not going to get out. Whatever. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> he was in the tractor pull. <laughs> he's either over there or he's over there. <laughs> Who knows? He was playing laser tag. Yeah. So no news tonight except to say that um, tickets are on sale for Walker Stalker Atlanta Walker Stalker Orlando is coming up as well, and that is the one-day charity event to benefit the um, Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting victims, and all Mm. the proceeds will go to the families of the victims, and um, there's going to be a ton of Walking Dead actors there, WWE wrestlers are going to be there. Um, uh, That's an interesting combo. I know. Well, apparently, I guess, I'm not a wrestling fan, but I guess the headquarters is in Orlando for uh-huh. WWE. And so, um, and as uh, some of the actors are, are buddies with these wrestlers, so that's why I they're I pity you, there. zombies. I'm yeah. going to rip your head off. Actually, I think there's going to be more wrestlers there than actors. I think that was Mr. Point. T that you were doing, Scott. Yeah, it was, but it's still, it still a wrestling kind of thing. Yeah. So, if my point is... <laughs> I pity the fool don't eat my cereal. <laughs> if you want to attend Walker Stalker and you want to benefit um, the Orlando nightclub victims, this would be the perfect way to participate. And um, otherwise, look forward to Walker Stalker for Halloween weekend because I'm super yeah. excited. And if any of you guys that are interested, you know, and, and maybe are going to be in Atlanta, let us know because uh, we'll mm-hmm. be going to the. Uh, convention and maybe we can check you guys out yeah maybe we can do a meetup at one of the bars outside Mm -hmm. the convention hall we will definitely be in a bar we could be in a bar we will be we could make it happen so at least you could find me in a bar yes yes Mm -hmm. probably all of us Mm -hmm. yeah we'll have to find someone watch the kids but the other thing that just happened this past weekend was dragon con which we did not get to go to this year which was a shame like the first year Uh ever i know wow which really sucked. But I wasn't really wanting to um, battle those crowds. But anyways, go ahead. No, again, it was because we had birthdays to deal with. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Busy weekend. But yeah, so let us know if you're going to be in Atlanta. And if you are and there's enough interest, then we will do a meetup. So there you go. Coolio. Yep. All right. So I think we're going to wrap it up now. Thank you. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you to all of you for listening to another episode of the Fear Me podcast and being with us to celebrate our one year anniversary of starting the podcast. You can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. A lot more places than you could find us last year at this time. 
You can also find us on Facebook and on the web at www.fearmepodcast.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send us your thoughts at fearmepodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. Absolutely. Absolutely. So join us next week where we'll be reviewing episode 11 of Fear the Walking Dead. Thanks for listening. Bye. Good night. Good night, everybody. Because I'm still wearing my boots.